Hey, what's going on, guys? Vinny Hart here from CreationStormyNow.com and Creationist Company with my brother, Joe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creation Astronomy Now podcast, where with astronomy and the Bible go together like peanut butter and jelly, the typical school meal. Now, they have Pop-Tarts. Oh, yeah, and they have donuts, too. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. They also sweeten the milk. So that's kind of weird. Sweeten the milk? Yeah, they put corn syrup in the milk. I mean, kind of like what we did? Yeah. Only, this isn't corn syrup. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah, last episode, we well, not last episode, actually. This was actually next episode, but the last episode we recorded. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Talking about us in the future. <laughs> I can see the future. We will have trouble. Let's hurry up and get some chocolate milk. Uh, but anyway, a lot, of, a lot of people go to school. A lot of kids go to school. A lot of, I guess Obama wants moms to go back to college, so... I guess moms go to school now, too, so that explains mm-hmm. why the kids go to school, because they have to. Otherwise, the moms wouldn't be able to go back to college. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, they just don't want anybody to be at home. They might not be learning the evil side of the world. Yeah, and you guys know me. I'm all about homeschooled, being a homeschooled nerd, speaking of which. Check it out on my YouTube channel. You can check Vincent's episode number three. So that it doesn't fail just because nobody watched it, but it fails because everybody hates it. Which it shouldn't, and I don't know why would everybody hate it. Oh, who knows. I like it, okay? So I guess that's all that really matters. <laughs> but anyway, uh, because I was thinking, you know, I said, if I went to school, how much, you know, would I be running Christian Strong now right now? Would I be a Christian right now? How strong a Christian would I be? You know, how hard would it be to get through school if I was a Christian? And I thought, you know, so many people are struggling. We need to do an episode to encourage these people. But I couldn't really say, don't worry, guys, you'll be fine. Yeah, you guys can't be homeschooled like yeah. us. Mm-hmm. So, what did we do? We interviewed Jake. Again. From Creationist Company. Who, For those of you who are not familiar with Jake, Jake is the president and founder of Creationist Company, a nonprofit organization. And he goes to public school! Yeah, he's uh, in the future. He's probably, he may, write a book about how to get through public school as a Christian and a creationist. And I'm going to write a book on how to blow up your public school. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble for that. Yeah, you're going to get in trouble for that. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to write that. But uh, now, I guess, without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. <laughs> let's jump right into the interview with Jake Doberin. Let's, right after this. Let's do it. Welcome back to the super amazing interview section where we bring on informed experts from the creation science field to steal our show and blow your mind. Now if we can just keep it super amazing, we'll have something going on. And we have to remember that we're doing an interview. Not, not a song. Yeah. So today we have Jake Doberins, the president of Creationist Company, with us to talk to us about the back-to-school season. So, uh, Jake, you, uh, you, you mentioned a little bit before you, you had an interesting story. So, in your experience, tell us a little bit about your experience in public school, whether it's... Well, as you guys are probably aware, public school isn't necessarily the most... Um, religious of institutions, but more so, you know, the opposite of that. Um, and I think they really embrace the secularism in kind of a whole way uh, with the idea that 
because we can't teach about or because we can't promote one religion that we just kind of don't mention at all and don't make that a priority or don't make that a possibility even. Um, so I kind of think that's what I see in the public school system. And uh, recently in this back-to-school season, um, I'm taking a course at my high school, um, which is a college-level college course. Um, it's a Western Civilization, Western Literature course. And with that, we take a real good deep look at history. And uh, just, uh, just a few days ago, um, some professor of Judaic studies, he came into the class and spoke about the Hebrew Bible, because we're talking about the Hebrews now, which, uh, you know, I thought this would be a pretty good topic for me to kind of interject in. Um, and so as the speaker was speaking, he was claiming that the Bible had a lot of contradictions and that... Um, the, the Hebrew Bible, was, and specifically Torah, the first five books of the Bible, were not written by Moses. That's what this guy was saying. Instead, they are compiled years later by a bunch of different people, and the whole thing, you know, doesn't make any sense. There's contradictions here and there. And so his thought process was, you know, this really isn't necessarily real history, and this definitely isn't divinely inspired. But, a, but as a result of what the Israelites, who first called themselves Jews after they came out of Babylonian captivity, he was saying what we call the Bible, the, or the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, is a result of them trying to kind of create this religious unity. And so essentially, it's taken from a bunch of different documents and put together um, so what this, you know, professor was saying is that this Bible isn't necessarily this absolute truth and that it was compiled a lot later, meaning it isn't necessarily a good representation of history. And so that was that's kind of one, more of an extreme example of kind of the latest attacks in the Bible in the public school system. So, so let me get this straight. This guy, he, yeah. was, he was teaching this in public school? So he was kind of teaching anti-religion in public school? Um, as I understand it, he's a practicing Jew. Um, so he wasn't so much anti-religion as he was anti-literal uh, historical interpretation of the Bible. Which, as I believe, and I think you guys believe too, you guys understand too, that when you kind of reject this foundational part of the Bible, specifically Genesis, it really it makes it difficult to kind of bring in like the Old Testament and um, I mean bring in the New Testament because a lot of these books in the Old Testament are the foundation of the New Testament. Um, and so while he thought you could kind of slough off the Bible, but then also believe in God. Um, what really irked me um, was the, the knowledge that you really can't, that this Bible is the foundation for that religion, but he just kind of crumbled the foundation. And so, though he may be a practicing Jew, I, I'm not really sure what his historical 
you could say evidence-based foundation is because he just kind of doesn't really believe the Bible is necessarily accurate history. Mind blown, you know? It's like, it's, it's funny because a lot of these arguments they've been making for hundreds of years. And there's no evidence backing them up, but they still use them. Well, so, really, they, even if there was evidence, they'd still use it. Yeah. Let I me mean, just look at evolution. It's been around for 200 years. I mean, there's all this evidence against what they say, you know. But, and they say, if you gave us evidence, we'd say, they'd say, I'd believe yeah. you if you gave me evidence, you know. Yeah, you give them evidence, but they say, that's not evidence. I mean, there's just... evidence out there, and they're blind to it. They won't, they won't pay attention to it. You know? So, so in, Jake, in your experience, you know, with the, especially the biology textbooks, there is, a, I understand there's a lot of evolutionary content in there. So tell me some of the stuff that's in there. Yeah, how much of that evolutionary content do you find in your textbooks? Well, um, in the textbooks, it's kind of amazing uh, what's in there. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Haeckel drawings. He drew, like, the embryo and uh, the embryos of, like, the chicken and the tortoise and the lizard. And showed that at one stage they all looked the same. Uh, and then he threw the human embryo up there. And he was saying, well, look at that. It's evidence that in the womb, where we were all, we shared this common ancestry of all looking the same. That kind of stuff, although it doesn't attach his name to it, has, which and was that the Haeckel drawings were discredited in the 1800s. That stuff, without his name attached, is still in the textbooks. And you got, you know, whale evolution in there, which is hilarious to me. You got like this weird hyena creature, and then it crawls into the sea and becomes a whale. Doesn't make any sense to me, but these are the kind of drawings that are in the textbook. And there's this tons of glorification of Darwin um, as some kind of the greatest scientist, you know, mankind has ever seen. Um, and of course, they always confuse the definition of um, evolution. They, they mix up microevolution, the small chain, and then they mix up, and they mix that up with this big evolutionary change, the monkey man. Um, so I just I find I find that stuff in the biology textbooks all this time, and even the history textbooks. Let's kind of talk about the prehistoric caveman Neanderthal past, like at the beginning of it. It kind of touches in their prehistory. So it's hard to escape the secular evolution dogma in the public school system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, for us, we've always been lucky because we've been homeschooled, which is, uh, I'll show you at the end. It's all, not always completely lucky, but, uh, you know, when you think about it, you got people like you. I mean, you know the answers to these, you know, these skeptics. That you know that there, there's no evidence for that before. Average people don't have the answers. You know, how hard do you think that is for them? They don't have any answers, you know, and they, when, when people yeah. tell them, they think, that sounds pretty good, you know, I mean, because someone tells them something, you know, and they have nothing to back it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same so. way before. I mean, when somebody shoots me with an argument, sometimes I'm just like, you know, maybe they're right, and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, for a Christian student going through high school, have you, have you personally ever felt uh, any, any uh, challenge? Um, well, you know, definitely, although I think a lot of teachers are very careful, um, 
And so it's not always a direct challenge to your belief system, I guess. It often comes from the students. You know, I remember one incident um, where somebody, uh, you know, you just lunch one day, I was talking about, hey, yeah, yeah, humans and dinosaurs, they did coexist, they worked together. And this guy was just laughing his head off. He thought that was the most ridiculous thing he ever heard. Then when I laid out some evidence, he kind of had to back off a little bit. Not saying I convinced him, but he realized, you know, that guy might have a little more of a foundation for what he believes. He's just not some crazy creationist. Um, but then this year, even though it hasn't even been a month, a month yet of school, um, it's been a particularly challenging year. Because in this uh, humanities class, we're, we're talking about the Hebrews right now. We're, the teachers are willing to talk about it somewhat as history, but any mention of, of any kind of divine being or the supernatural is laughed at and excluded. And so one of the, and that's, I, I, it's hard to not take that personally because the teachers say, oh yeah, we're open-minded, we're not biased. They mean they're open-minded unless you want to bring religion into this or bring God into this. And so I kind of see one, a double standard. Um, it's tough because at first glance, you know, the arguments don't seem that half bad. Uh, this guest speaker, for instance, when, I, when he was saying the kind of, when he was saying some of that stuff about the contradictions and, you know, of different uh, a law in Exodus and another law in Deuteronomy that was saying like talking about the Passover lamb, it was actually a contradiction because it said. To, said to roast it here, but to boil it here, little things like that. At first, that seems like, man, there is a contradiction. You know, but what does that really mean? Well, when you really dig into this stuff, those kind of feelings of, I don't know, I don't know, they go away. Because, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but it feels like those kinds of professors don't maybe expect you to look at the evidence behind it. Because when you dig deep, you find out, wait a second, they're not, what they're saying is not accurate. You know, they miss some major component, whether it's logic or some kind of new historical. Um, and so I feel like you know, persecution hits the most hard when you haven't done your research. But when you do your homework, you can kind of build that foundation, I guess. That's a good tip for anybody in public school or even the homeschool system. Do your homework, do your research on the stuff, and, um, and it, which makes sense. If you do your research, you have a better foundation for your belief. And when you have a stronger foundation, you when know, you build your house on the rock, as Jesus might say, it's not going to be washed away by the winds and the rains, you know? Yeah, remember, guys, you're supposed to, you know, we, we also, often we think, you know, we need to have scientific evidence for every single, single thing that we believe, but uh, in reality, we, our foundation is on the Bible, and the Bible never changes, and, you know, science changes all the time, and we've seen that, I mean, just like astronomy, I've read it for many times, that like astronomers have to be ready to change their minds about things all the time because new evidence keeps getting discovered and the same things for all aspects of science but the Bible never changes which is why we need to have that foundation but uh, yeah, I wanted to look up the statistics but unfortunately 
I never thought of it when I had the time, but uh, Jake, what's your guess at the uh, statistics of what percentage of the kids are Christians and non-Christians in school? Um, hmm. You know, it's, I, it's hard to kind of put some actual parameters on what is a Christian, because I'll tell you what, I see a lot of theists. I see a lot of people believe in God. But for various reasons, it's difficult to either tell or to actually quantify them or to put them in the category of Christian. Um, and I'm being delicate here because I definitely don't know people's hearts. But when I, I think public school is kind of the is a as arena that kind of tests, you know, it it it, it separates the lukewarm Christians from. The, the, the Christians with that more solid basis, I guess. And so for a statistic, I would almost say the majority of people in public school consider themselves Christians. Even if it's like, or, you know, my grandpa or my grandma takes me to, you know, Catholic Mass once a month. They, to them, that's they consider themselves a Christian if they kind of attend this faith tradition that they don't even really associate themselves with. Um, and so I would say the majority are Christians, but as for those that hold maybe a young earth creationist perspective, or hold a more literal interpretation of the Bible, few and far between. Um, maybe 5%, maybe 10% of those in the public school system, well at least I, I should say in the, in the northwest of the United States, up where I'm, I'm from, in, in Oregon. Um, as for the Bible belts down south, probably different statistic. But from what I think, the public school system, although claiming neutrality, is very much, you know, on purpose or not, against, uh, against a good literal interpretation of the Bible, taking it at face value. So it's hard to put a statistic on that. It's hard to put a number. But really, the, you know, the small percentage of, uh, of Christians and the number of kids leaving church when they get, after they get through college, it's really sad. But then again, it's, it's exciting because it gives us something to go for. You know, we say, this is our mission, to give people answers, to equip children in public it, it schools. It makes us feel like when we do something, we're actually going to accomplish something. Yeah, we have Just a reason. When you... Going. Like me and Vinny are, you know, our creation astronomy now, I feel like there's actually a point of having it and running it, you know, working our tail off, <laughs> trying to keep it, you know, the website up and running, so, but when you think about that, it almost, it really makes you want to keep trying to get the word out, you know. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so we need some, so we need to give it a little bit, but uh, what advice do you have for students as they're going back to school this, you know, having their faith challenged by the curriculum and students. What's your advice for them? Well, I gotta say, you go back to school, you gotta get back into the Bible. I mean, you know, it might seem kind of a cliche Christian answer, but, you know, it's really true that to have a, a faith that is real, you know, to have a relationship with God that is far more than just, you know, kind of a, a Sunday worship kind of setting, to have that kind of relationship that can withstand these trials, I really feel like you have to have 
a good foundation. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the ways to describe the Bible is that kind of belt of truth mentioned, mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6 with the armor of God. You know, it, the belt literally holds your pants up. You know, it keeps you from embarrassing yourself. That's how I view it, anyway. And so I think by reading, dwelling, and meditating on what God has to say in His Word, His divinely inspired Word, that's going to, more than anything else, is going to keep you faithful during school. But then even with that, know your creation resources. Know your resources. Who are the adults? You know, what are the, the scientific websites or the theological websites that you can go to when your faith is challenged? Because I don't know all the answers, um, but I need to have a resource. Well, when this is challenged, where can I go to go look at this? Where can I go to protect my faith and to, to fight back? But what resource can you go to to scientifically look at that claim. Because if somebody makes a claim to you about the Bible, about Christianity, you need, you need to, to test that. The, the New Testament talks about the Bereans um, who were always looking in the scriptures to, to you know, test what people were saying. And that's how they were that's how they were proving the false prophets wrong. They were saying, okay, what's the evidence for this? Is God accurate? Um, and I think that's something we have to do, whether, whatever, if you're the public school system or not, that should be a Christian practice. But since the public school system kind of has developed this sense of secularism and the sense of God is totally excluded from the conversation, we need to have that biblical, that scientific, we need to have that foundation. It's what I talked about earlier. It's that rock. Build your house on a rock. Not on the sand, on a rock. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I can hear that, uh, the preacher side coming out of you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, what advice now? I know a lot of parents have a hard time because um, of all, like, students, for me, as a young person, I mean, I just, I just devoured creation science because... It was science, and it proved that the Bible was true. It wasn't like all these anti, um, anti-religious. It's exciting. It's like a call, a cool breeze in the desert. Yeah, and I was, I was equipping myself to give answers, and it was really exciting. But for parents, sometimes that can be a little bit more difficult. So, what advice do you have for the parents of the public school students? Besides homeschool, but you yeah. won't do that. Advice <laughs> for the parents. Um, well, I would say engage with your teenager. Um, you're not comfortable, oh, how was your day at school? Let's just sit by lunch kind of thing. But if, if, a, if a teenager is struggling, they need to know they can have somebody to go to. Oh, well, I, this person said this about the Bible. I don't know. Is that true or not? So parents need to be active enough in their kid's life, I guess, to kind of help them through that. And they need to also know the foundation, know the tools, the, the ministry tools, and the scientific tools, in order to take a look at a situation and see the what's what. Um, so as for advice for parents, they also need to have that foundation. And they need to make sure 
But the kid knows about the foundation. Hey, take him to the creation museum, you know? Uh, I don't know. Great idea. Resources to, uh, to train up your kid. Um, you know, one of these days I'm going to get around to writing a book about how to survive public school as a Christian. And uh, when that day comes, probably when I graduate from school, the parents can just, you know, throw that under the tr Christmas tree and the kids can read that and hopefully, you know, by God's will, their lives will be impacted for the better because of that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future that some stuff will be changed. I don't know how much the public, the, the uh, public education system is going to change. Yeah, that might be a lost cause. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, there is, a, I think there's a little bit of hope. A little bit. I hope, because I don't see all of all Christian parents starting to homeschool. But that's, that's another hopeful thing. But, uh, it could happen, it could happen. I mean, I mean, uh, homeschooling families, you know, each family has about seven kids, and there's seven kids, how about seven kids, and then, you know, uh... Homeschoolers have taken over the world. Is that yeah. what I just heard? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll so, eventually uh, take over the world. Cause... So this is yeah. your last yes year of high school, right? Is that correct? Yes. What kind of Don't college plans do you have? What, what kind of college plans are you going for? Um, I'm attending uh, Oklahoma Christian University. i got a uh, Oklahoma Christian University shirt on right now. Um, and I'm going to be well, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to be studying, but as of the filming of this, the plan is to let um, me double major in Bible and biology, and so I got that good foundation. If I go off into a biological, you know, career plan or college plan for my master's and PhD, then I can have that Bible background. But if I decide to go out and be like some Bible scholar. Uh, world's foremost expert in Genesis or something, then at least I have that Bible background. So whatever way I go, it's either going to be Bible or biology. So I don't know. So that's what it looks like now. Yep. Sounds exciting. But, uh, okay, we need to talk about some latest stuff that's happening at Creationist Company. Because now that we've given some information, we need to tell people how they can connect with Creationist Company and what we're up to. Creationist Company, you know, is kind of in the middle of their biggest project yet. Which, in all honesty, doesn't mean it's necessarily that big, because we haven't had a lot of projects to begin with. But still, um, the plan is to have a creation conference, or a Christian evidence conference. You know, I'm not sure what name would kind of suit it better. But up in, in Portland, Portland, Oregon... December 5th and 6th, it's Friday and Saturday. The plan is to have uh, Dr. Brad Harob, who is an apologetic speaker um, with a, a medical background, um, so he brings that kind of scientific eye to the Bible. He's going to uh, be up here in Portland speaking, and the plan also is that I'm going to speak additionally um, a couple times there. Um, and so this conference will talk a lot about you know, how evolution isn't true, how Genesis should be taken as history, 
and other things about how the earth is young, how, um, you know, and how we should really, how we should look at the Bible and some of the evidence for that. And additionally, you know, the big question, does God exist? And some of the answers, um, this technological and scientific and philosophical answers that can answer the question, does God exist? We don't need to resort to what people may call blind faith. And so that's our big, um, rather expensive goal for this December. I'm going to have this this conference up here, uh, this this uh, event, and whatever you want to call it. Um, hopefully, our lives will be changed. People will you know, have their mind open to some some new evidence and to, to look at some new things. And of course, ultimately, you know, come to the knowledge that hey, guess what? You know, God, Jesus, is our Savior. So that's kind of the goal, but. Hope to influence people with uh, that project coming up. That's sounds exciting. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I really wish really we could go. Yeah. Did you just say, I wish we could go? Yeah, I said, I really wish we could go. Don't say that. Say we, would yes, God, on every, can, uh, we would have to tag along every. We would have to tag along everybody. People hang out with you in, you know, or something you can watch it. Maybe we'll record it for you. Yeah. I don't know. We're, still, we're looking into some options. Yeah. Um, maybe a recording, at least my talks. For possibly a future DVD. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I dream big. Don't know how much of this is going to become a reality. Yeah, but uh, is there, uh, so is there we, any way... We, Creationist Company appreciates the prayers of supporters and anybody else, I guess, um, that we can you know, find the means to, to put this on and make this a reality um, and get some... and if, maybe the financial means to get some good advertising and to get Dr. Harib up here. Um, so it's a it's a difficult task, but, um, hey, you know, God does the impossible stuff all the time. It's kind of his specialty. So I have a lot of really high hopes for this um, this event. Yeah. yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. Be sure to follow Creationist Company on Facebook. Like the page, get engaged, it's all the rage. Twitter too. Got Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Got Twitter. You gotta be. A, you gotta go. Add follow him on Twitter. Company Twitter thing. Do yeah. that too. And uh, visit creationistcompany.com. You can read some of the articles there. And maybe some one of these days I'll write another article. I'm working on one right now, but I don't know. We were remodeling a house today. Like Vinny Hart, the creation astronomy guy. He remodels houses by day. Does astronomy by night. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay. It's money in your I pocket, know. I guess. Yeah, you gotta pay the bills one way or another, and yeah, until people start donating more, we need yeah. to make it a so, uh, a registered nonprofit. But you know, our mission really is to equip people, and that's why we're doing this episode to equip students as they're going back to school, and that's what every single episode has a lot of times been about. And uh, let me just, you know, sometimes, sometimes homeschooling kind of can be bad. Just listen to this comment. Wow, kid, if homeschooling left you as void of knowledge as this video seems to show you, should be embarrassed. You really need to get some education beyond what con men like Ken Ham feeds you. Scientists and creationists do not use the same evidence. Ken Ham just wants you to think they do. Seriously, get some real education and seek knowledge outside of your little bubble period question mark. We don't. Awesome grammar! <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, things like that, they can kind of get you down, because some atheists do not like what we're doing. But uh, let me just read this letter that I, uh, email that I recently got. I just want to say thank you. You have been a big encouragement to me. 
You show Romans 1.16 very well. I have always had a hard time with, with others telling others about my faith, and you have been a great example for me. Thank you. Keep up the good work. If you continue to honor God in your ministry, he will bless them and you. I'll be praying for you, yours randomly. And that, that is why we do what we do. That's some fans out there. That's yeah. amazing. By the way, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the, Greek, to the Jew first and also the Greek. And that pretty much sums it all up. Any thoughts, Jake? My thoughts. Um, that is amazing. You know, it isn't easy to, to live that not ashamed of the gospel thing, you know? I, I sometimes I feel like people get this perception that I, you know, go into my school and like stand on a cardboard box and like preach to everybody and everybody just comes to me, you know, getting saved left and right. You know, that's not ac accurate. It's not, uh, it's not accurate at all. It's tough to, to live out your faith and it's hard to not be ashamed of this gospel and to, to try to bring people to Christ. That's not easy. But I feel like if it were easy, it wouldn't be worth it. I don't know, that's just my opinion. Um, and so, to be not ashamed of the gospel is something we work at every day. So start now. So, you know, in the future that it will come, I believe it will come naturally to me. I'm not going to say it's come naturally to me yet. Um, but like he, that Romans, you know, one sixteen verse, um, it can it's a it's it's my goal, and I, it should be everyone's goal, every Christian's goal. I think that's pretty much summed up everything. Uh, final words: I, If there are any Christian Creationist students out there that would like to join the team at Creationist Company. We might be glad to have you. So you should probably go to creationistcompany.com and send Jake a message. Yeah, we are desperately in need of help. Oh, I don't know desperately. Well, we can always use help. Um, <laughs> it's a great, great environment. Um, there's people looking to glorify God with their talents. There's talent in love, science, and writing. Um, join us. Spread the word, guys. Yeah, you could. Or you could always push that subscribe button at the bottom of the video. That's pretty cool when that happens. There you go. There you uh, go. Do that too. Don't forget, like Creationist Company on Facebook. Uh, follow them on Twitter. While you're at it, visit creationistcompany.com. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter for weekly updates on creation astronomy and just astronomy in general. And thank you so much for watching this video. We hope that you loved it. A lot. I sure did. So, till next time, take it easy. We are out.